Ashley Brock reading Noah Roberts' book, Sea Swept, Chapter 15. Anna kept her mouth firmly shut until they were out of the building and safely along in the parking lot. Cam, for God's sake. For God's sake, what? This is where I work. She stopped at his car, turned to face him. Where I work. Remember, you can't come storming into my office like an outraged lover. <laughs> he took her chin in her hand again and leaned his face with I am an outraged lover and I want the name of the son of a bitch who put his hands on you. She wouldn't allow herself to be thrilled by the violence sparking around him. It would be, she remembered. It would be, she reminded herself as her stomach gave a delicious little hop, completely unprofessional. The person in question is being dealt with by the proper authorities, and you're not allowed to be a lover, outraged, or otherwise during business hours. Yeah, trying to stop me. He challenged and leaving with his temper, crushed his mouth to hers. She wiggled for a moment. Anyone could peek out an office window and see. The kiss was too hot, too heaty for a daylight embrace in an office parking lot. The kiss was also too hot, too heaty to resist. She gave in to it, to him, to herself, and wrapped her arms around him. We cut it out, she said against him. No. Okay, then let's take this as indoors. Good idea. With his mouth still on her, she reached back to open the car. I can't get in until you let me go. Good point. He released her and surprised her by gently tenderly brushing his lips over the breeze on her. Does it hurt? Her heart was still fluffy. Maybe a little. She got inside deliberately reaching for her seatbelt, keeping her moves effective and casual. What happened? He asked as he slid in beside her. A piece of father of three, wife beater, didn't come... Didn't care for my testimony in family court today. He shoved me. I had my back turned where he had gotten a, knee, a hard knee to the groin. But as it was, I was off balance. Didn't know his dad, which would have been embarrassing, but for the fact that he's now in lockup and the kids are with their foster family. And the wife? I can't help her. Anna let her aching. Head fell back. You have to pick your battles. He said nothing to that. He'd been thinking the same thing. It was why he decided to dump three kids on Ethan and come to see her. He made up his mind to tell her about the insurance investigation, the speculations about Seth's connection to his father, the search that Philip had antagonized for Seth's mother, insinuated for Seth's mother. He decided to tell her everything, to ask her advice, to give her get her take. Now he found himself wondering if that was the wisest choice for her, for him, for Seth. He would wait, he told himself, and rationalized his postponement. She had a rough time and got a little attention. So do you get knocked around much in your line of work? Hmm? No. She laughed a little as he pulled up in front of the building. Now and again somebody takes a swing or throws something at me, but mostly it's just verbal abuse. Fun job. It has its moments. She took his hand, walking alongside him. Did you know that television is the tool the commons left? I haven't heard that. I'm here to tell you. She used her key to check her mail slot, gathered letters and bills in a fashion magazine. Destiny Street is just a front. I always suspected that big yellow bird. Nah, he's just a show. The frog's the mastermind. She put her finger to her lips as they approached her door. They snuck in together like kids up in school. I just didn't want to have the sister fussing over me. Mind if I do? That depends on your definition of fussing. We'll start here. He slipped his arms around her waist, touching his lips to hers. I suppose I could tolerate that. She held him. 
She helped him deepen the kiss. What are you doing here, Kim? I had a thought on my mind. His lips brushed over the bruise again. You mostly. I wanted to see you. Be with you. Talk to him. Make love to you. Her lips curved against him. All at the same time. Why not? I did have this thought about taking you out to dinner. But now I'm thinking maybe we should order pizza. Perfect. You said with a sigh. Why don't you pour us some wine and I'll change Lose this other thing. He worked his way over to something that I've been wanting to do. I've been wondering what it would be like to get Miss Spinelli out of one of her de- dedicated public civic suits. Have you? Since the first time I saw you. She's probably good. That's your chance. I was hoping to save that. <laughs> brought his mouth back to her. Hungrier now. More possessive. This time her sigh caught him on a caught on a trembling gasp as he jerked her jacket off his shoulders and dropped her. I'm on the hell out of you day and night. My voice was dirty now, dark. I guess that makes it handy since I want the hell out of you too. It doesn't scare you? Nothing about you and me scares me. <laughs> what if I said I want you to let me do anything I want to you? Everything. Her heart flooded to her throat, but her eyes stayed safe. I'd say who's stopping you? <laughs> With desire dark and dangerous in his eyes, he skimmed his gaze down the back of his. I wonder what Miss Penelope wears under this prim little blouse. <laughs> I don't think a man like you is going to let a few buttons keep him from finding out. You're right. He shifted his hand from her jacket to the crisply pressed cotton of her blouse and ripped. He watched her eyes go wide in shock in a row. If you want me to stop, I will. I won't do anything you don't want. He tore her blouse and I told her. He waited, watching for her to stay, stop her go. It thrilled her even more. She understood she hadn't been completely truthful when she told him nothing about them. It scared her. She was afraid of what might be happening to her heart. But here, in physical love, she knew she could match it. I want everything. All. His blood leaped. Still, he kept his touch light, teasing, running the back of his hand above the slick white material of the denim cut bra. Miss Benelli. He drawled it while his fingers slipped beneath the polished satin to rub against her stiff nipple. How much can you take? His white tugs had a heat spiraling through her system. Already the air was thick. I think we're about to find out. Slowly, his eyes on her face, he backed her against me. Let's start here. Brace yourself. He murmured in his hand, shot under her skirt, and tore aside the lace swatch she wore beneath. Her breath exploded out, and she nearly laughed, and he plunged his fingers into her, glancing that hard, rough shock of pleasure through her unprepared system. The orgasm ripped through her, emptying her mind, stealing her breath. When her knees gave way, he simply held her against her. Take more. He was desperate to watch her take more, to see the shocked excitement capture her face, to see those gorgeous eyes go wild and blind. His shoulders for balance. With her head tipped back, he could see the pulse in her throat beat maddeningly and was compelled to taste just there. She moaned against him, moved against him, her breath hitching when he yanked the jacket and what was left of her blouse away. She was helpless, staggered, the salt on her senses left her limbs shuddering and her heart hammering. She said his name, tried to, but it came out on a gasp as he spun her around. Her damp palms pressed to the wall, tore at the bottom of her skirt. Felt it give away, shivering as 
The material slid over her hips and pulled at her feet. His hands were on her breast, molding, sliding from satin to flesh and back again. Then he tore that as well. Then she glorified, gloried in the sound of the delicate material reading. His teeth nipped into her shoulder and his hands, all his hands were everywhere, driving her toward madness and beyond, rock palms against smooth skin, clever fingers, pressing, sliding. The breath that had torn ragged through her lips began to slow. Pleasure was thick in midnight dark. She felt herself slipping into some erotic half-world where there was only sensation, slick, stunning, and sinful. The wall was smooth and cool. His hands were not. The contrasts were unbearably arousing. When he spun her around again, her eyes were dazzled by the sunlight. He was still fully dressed, and she was naked. She got it exquisitely exotic and could say nothing as he slowly lifted her arms above her head, bracketed her wrist with one hand. Watching her, he combed his hand roughly through her hair to scatter from I want more. He could barely tell me you want more. Yes, I want more. He pressed his body to hers. Soft cotton, rough denim against damp flesh, and the kiss he took from her left her mind spinning. Then his mouth went to work on her quivering body. He wanted all the tastes of her, the dark honey of her mouth, the damp silk of, silk of her breasts. There was the creamy taste of her belly, the polished satin of her thighs, then the heat, the fury, the furnace flood of it as he licked his way down, his way between them. Everything, all, was all he could think, then more. Her hands gripped his hair, pressing his face closer as she climbed the peak. It was her cry, the half scream, that broke the final link of his control. It had to be now. He freed himself from pressed against him. I need to feel you. He painted the words out. I want you to watch me when I do. He drove into where they stood, and their twin groans tangled in the air. Afterward, he carried her to bed, laid down beside her. She curled up against him like a child. The gesture he found surprisingly sweet. He watched her sleep. Thirty minutes, then an hour, he could stop touching her. A hand through her hair, fingertips over the bruise on her face, stroke over the cover of her shoulder. And he said he had something inside of her, him for her. He began to worry just what that something might be. He never felt compelled to stay with a woman after sex. Had never felt the need to just look at her while she slept with a touch only for the sake of touching and not to arouse. He wondered what odd and slippery level they reached. Then she stirred, sighed, and her eyes fluttered open. And focused on him. When she smiled, his heart quite simply turned over and said, Hi, did I fall asleep? Looked like it to me. He searched for some glib remark, something light and frivolous, but all he could find to say was her name. And, uh, and he lowered his mouth to hers, tenderly, softly, lovely. The sleep had cleared from her eyes when he drew away, but he couldn't read them. She breathed them once slowly, then out again. What was that? Damn if I know. Both of them eased back off. I think we better order that pizza. Relief and disappointed were inside her. Anna put all her effort into supporting the relief. Good idea. The number's right next to the kitchen front. If you don't mind calling it in, I'd like to grab a quick shower and get some clothes. All right. With casual intimacy, he struck the hand over her. What do you want on it? All I can get. She waited while he laughed and was placed pleased that he rolled out of bed first. She needed another minute. I'll pour the wine. Terrific. The minute she was alone, she tore her face into the pillow and let out a muffled scream of frustration. Steps back, she thought, furious with herself. Where did she get the idiotic 
idea she could take a few steps back. She was over her head in love with him. My fault, she reminded herself. My problem? Sitting up, she pressed a hand to her traitor's heart. And my little secret, she decided. She felt better when she was dressed and had a light shield of makeup in place. She's given herself a good talking to in the shower. Maybe she was in love with him. It didn't have to be a bad thing. People fell in and out of love all the time. And the wise ones, the steady ones, enjoyed the ride. She could be wise and steady. She certainly wasn't looking for happily ever after. A white knight, a prince charming, and it had outgrown fairy tales long ago. And all her innocence had cemented into reality on the side of a desert road at the age of 12. She learned to make herself happy because for far too many years following the rape, it had seemed she was hopeless to do anything but make herself and everyone near her miserable. She survived the worst. There was no doubt she could survive a, little, a slightly dented heart. In any case, she'd never been in love before. She had skirted around it, breezed over it, wriggled under it, but had never before run headlong into it. It could be a marvelous adventure, certainly a learning experience. And any woman who found herself a lover like Cameron Quinn had plenty of blessings to count. So she was smiling when she came into the living room, found Cam, sipping wine, staring at the cover of her latest Baxton magazine, put music on. Eric Chaplin was pleading with Layla. When she came up behind him and pecked a kiss on the back of his neck, she didn't expect his jolt of surprise. It was guilt, plain and simple, and he hated it. He nearly bobbled the wine and had to fight to keep his face composed. Pouty face on the cover of the magazine in his hand was a certain long stem French model named Martine. Didn't mean to startle you, she raised an eyebrow. She looked at the magazine and said, Absorbed with the summer's new pastels, were you? She was passing the time. Peter should be along in a minute. And he started to set the magazine down, wanted sincerely to bury it under the sofa cushions, but she was nipping at it out of his hands. I used to hate her. His throat was uncomfortable, dry. Huh? Well, not Martina Magnificent, exactly. Models like her, slim and blonde and perfect. I was always too round and too brunette. This, she had to give her wet, curly hair a tug, made me insane as a teenager. Tried everything imaginable to straighten it. I love your hair. You wish she turned the damn magazine face down. You're twice as beautiful as she is. There's no comparison. Her smile came quick and warm. Her hands, that's very sweet. I mean it. He said it almost desperately, but thought it best not to add that he'd seen both of them naked and knew what he was talking about. Very sweet. Still, I wanted so badly to be slim and blonde and hipless. You're real. He couldn't stop himself. He took the magazine and tossed it over his shoulder. She's not. <laughs> That's one way to put it. She's enjoying herself. She cocked her head. Seems to me you raced around the world types usually go for the supermodels. They look so good draped over a man's arm. I barely know her. Who? Jesus. He was losing it. Anybody. There's the pizza. He said with a great relief. Your wine's on the counter. I'll get the food. Why? Without a clue as to what was suddenly making him so edgy, she wandered to the kitchen for a drink. Cam saw that the magazine had fallen face up, so it appeared that Martine was aiming those killer blue eyes right at him. It dropped back the memory of a score check and a spitting female. Cast a wary glance at Anna, who was in an experience he cared to repeat, and he paid the delivery boy. Anna took the wine out to her tiny balcony. It's a nice evening. Let's eat out here. She had a couple of chairs and a small folding table set out. Pink 
geraniums and white impenum sprang fearfully out of clay pots. If I ever manage to save enough for a house, I want to porch a big one like you have. She went back in for plates and napkins in a garden. One of these days, I'm going to learn something about flowers. A house, garden, porches, more comfortable out in the air. He's able to picture you as a town girl. I always have been. I'm not sure such suburbia would suit me. Fences with neighbors just over there, over them, too much like an apartment living. I'd think without the privacy and convenience, she's little loaded slice of pizza on their map plate. But I'd like to give home owning a shot somewhere in the country. Eventually, the problem is I can't seem to stick to a budget. You? He helped himself. Miss Spinelli seems so practical. She tried. My grandparents were very frugal. Had to be. I was raised to watch my pennies. She took a bite and drew in a deep oppression of breath before speaking over a mouthful of cheese and stuff. Mostly, I watched them roll away. What's your weakness? Primarily, she sighed. Clothes. <laughs> he looked over his shoulder through the door to her clothes. Heaped in a tattered pile. I think I owe you a blouse and a skirt, not to mention the underwear. <laughs> she laughed mostly. I suppose you do. She stretched out, comfortable in a pale blue leggings and an oversized black t-shirt. This was such a hideous day. I'm glad you came by and changed it. Why don't you come home with me? What? Where the hell did that come from, he wondered. The thought hadn't even been in his mind when the words popped out of his mouth. But it must have been somewhere. For the weekend, he had been this weekend at the house. She brought her pizza back to her lips, spinning terribly. I don't think that would be wise. There's an impressionable young boy in your home. He knows what the hell is going on. He began and caught the look, the Miss Spinelli look, and I, okay, I'll sleep on the sofa downstairs. You can lock the bedroom door. Where do you keep the key? This weekend I'll be keeping it in my pocket, but my point is, he continued when she laughed, you can have the bedroom on a professional level. It'll give you some time with the kid. He's coming along, Anna, and I want I want to take you sailing. Come over Saturday and we can go sailing. Come Friday night. He took her hand, brought her knuckles. To Stay till Sunday. I'll think about it, she murmured into her hand. Romantic gestures were going to undo her. And I think if you're going to have a house guest, you should check with the brothers. They might not care to have a woman underfoot for a weekend. They love women, especially women who cook. Ah, so now I'm supposed to cook. Maybe just one little pot of linguine or a dish of lasagna. She smiled and took another slice of pizza. I'll think about it, she said. Now tell me about Seth. You made a couple buddies today. Really terrific. Her eyes looked with such pleasure and interest they couldn't help themselves. Yeah, I had them all up on the roof practicing catching them as they fell off. Her mouth flew open, but she had to get on track. Very funny, Quinn. Gotcha. The kid from Seth's class and his kid brother. I brought them I bought them for five bucks of slave labor. Then they wheeled an invite out of the house for dinner, so I stuck even with them. She wheeled her up to left Ethan alone with three young boys. You can handle it. I did I did for a couple of hours this afternoon. And he recalled it hadn't been so bad. All he has to do is feed them and make sure they don't kill each other. Their mother's picking them up at 7.30. Sandy McGlynn. Well, Sandy Miller now. I went to school with her. He shook his head amazing back. Two kids in a minivan. Never would have figured that for Sandy. People change, she murmured, surprised at how much she envied Sandy Miller and her minivan. Or they wouldn't prove preciously what we imagined them to be in the first place. I guess. Her kids are pistols. 
because he said it was such easy good humor. Humor. She's smiling. Well, now I see why you popped at my office. You wanted to escape the madness. Yeah, but mostly I just wanted to rip your clothes off. Take another slice. I did both. <laughs> and he thought as he sipped his wine and watched the sun go down with animals at him, he felt damn good about it. End of chapter fifteen.